this is very uh, like almost like get to know you yeah. for really both of us, but totally. primarily for the audience too. So this is my first female on the podcast, yeah. which I think is amazing. Yep. And I was like racking my brain. I was like, you know, because from when you when you first start doing this, you want to do it that the people with you're comfortable with, right? Totally. So all my guests I've known for decades, like, yeah. you know, for years and years. So yeah. then it's like and very great. easy. Yep. Females, obviously when you're married, you're like mostly focused on your wife. Yep. So you don't have a lot of female relationships like that yep. where you can invite somebody on and talk. Yep. And recently I got introduced to you Yeah. Um, through one of my business partners, Adam. Mm -hmm. And and it was just an immediate, to me, it was like, yeah. we connected pretty fast totally. on a lot of different things, even yep. in the short time we talked. Mm -hmm. But first, let's just start with telling a little bit of people of who you are. Yep where you came from, what you're doing now. Totally. Yeah, so just give us a little like, you know, quick yeah. little synopsis. So my name's Hillary Hoffman. Right. I'm from Connecticut. Not the most exciting state, <laughs> but I got the job done. Um, so my like total transition into fitness is probably a little unconventional than most. So I started off after college going, at, going to Goldman Sachs and I was a sales trader for about six years in that seat, very sedentary lifestyle, but I always prioritized my wellness. And during that whole time, it was right when boutique fitness was up and coming. I started in 2013. And for me, the commitment to carving out that space for fitness was paramount. But again, it was hard because my time was really not only valuable, but it was waning. And I, at that point in time, was trusting others with what to do with my body because super stressed. I wanted that 45 minutes to an hour of my day to kind of be in someone else's hands mm -hmm. and that I could just show up and just move. Um, however, I started to realize that there was things that were missing. And so this concept for my business, which is now Soto, started to enter the conversation, at least for me. And I would do elements. Say it, say it one more time for the audience. What is it called again? It's called the Soto Method. The Soto Method. Yes. And what does Soto stand for? And I'll get into that. All right, all right. Only because where I think it's interesting with anyone who's going to pivot out of one career and go into the next, part of you is always going to say, like, I wish I did this sooner. But for me, Soto would not exist if it wasn't for the time that I spent in finance and specifically the awareness that I built the reality of having such a desk driven job where walking 10,000 steps isn't even a possibility. Right. And so again, was at Goldman, went to commercial real estate for a little bit, ended my time at an amazing firm called Oak Tree Capital Management. And that's when Soto was a real side hustle okay. uh, because Soto really started to come into my life during the end of 2020. Okay. And then for eight months after that, I was working in finance while building Soto. And so in January, sorry, July of 2021, launched full time. What is Soto? So Soto was my response and my answer to a fitness class that achieved three things, efficiency, results, and approachability. And the way that I was able to create a program that wove all three of those ideas together was through the study of isometrics. And so SOTO quite literally stands for 60 on, 10 on. Okay. As most Genesis stories goes, there comes a point where that becomes less relevant, but it is the roadmap for the class. Anytime I'm cueing a part of your body, we're starting with a 60 second isometric hold. So think plank, lunge, squat. I then bring, in, bring you into 10 dynamic moves for 20 seconds each. Okay. More often than not, it's five moves that we're repeating twice. But I stack different muscle groups on top of each other to deliver you a full body workout. The reason why it's so efficient, I have 60 seconds 
to start you off in perfect form. So again, I have that time to not only set you up, but also demonstrate the moves that are coming next. Right. So you're not idly watching me show you what you're about to do. I'm already activating that next muscle group. Or it gets really cool, in my opinion, really unique. It's I can have you in a 60 second arm hold. I can bring you into those 10 moves for 20 seconds each. You drop your weights, you meet me in a squat, that transition, two seconds. And in that transition, I'm able to achieve activation and recovery. So your upper body recovers while your lower body ignites. Yep. And for me, I just loved it because the way that it hit me, the way that it felt, I just, I was able to step into my own Soto class that I was doing by myself and just know that every single second that I was there was working towards strength. The reason why it's results oriented, and you know this well, and I'm, I'm speaking to the genius behind it. No, all. no, 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 truly, you are a legend <laughs> in this space, so I'm humbled to be here. Um, the way that you build muscle endurance, the way that you build muscle definition is not through just cueing the muscle, it's through the act of exhausting it. And so what we're doing through those repetitive motions is I'm cueing your muscle and exhausting your muscle in four minutes and 20 seconds. Okay. Last but not least, and this is the piece where I get really amped is the approachability element. Every part of Soto can be scaled to where you're at. You don't have to hold a 90 degree squat. You can come up taller. During our jumping section, you can eliminate the jump. We're doing a weighted arm section, drop the weights. All I care about is that you push for an extra second every single time that we're together because it's a, a time-based methodology. Yeah. Seconds are your infrastructure. And where a lot of people can get intimidated, especially in workout classes that are rep-based, is that we're all doing 20 seconds. So you can't beat me. If we're doing 20 seconds of jumping jacks, we both end at 20 seconds. Right. And for someone that's just starting their fitness journey, especially in a class format, it can be intimidating to think like, am I gonna be left behind? Or is everybody gonna know this is my first class? Right. You won't know because we love all that. do it together. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit, because I know you didn't just wake up one day and yeah. it all came together like that, right? You you obviously have created systems. Beautifully put, yeah. And which I am a big fan of. Yeah. I think that that's why I'm where I am today is yes. because of these systems and procedures and, yep. and rules or what have you. Totally. So tell me about some of the mistakes and maybe not mistakes, but like some of the trial yeah. of where you started and you're like, you know what, this doesn't work. So, how, and how did you end up where yep. you are today? Like where, okay, this is it, you know, like, because for me, it took six years yep. to do partner interval training. It was a lot of trial and error. Totally. It was a lot of really paying attention to this. To, for us, it's partner, so it's in and out. Yep. So really paying attention. Does that exercise allow someone to go in and out. Absolutely. Or is it too complicated and too, you know? And so I would I would literally be like, okay, that exercise, no, we're not doing that. That exercise, and what happened is, it simplified it. Yeah, yes. Which to me, there's sophistication and simplicity. Like, yeah. sometimes you can get more out of just keeping things simple. Yeah. Because confusion creates frustration, which ends up making people quit, right? So well said. You know? Couldn't, couldn't agree with that more, and I think that where I really committed to the trial and error process was keeping this as a side hustle because I knew that the first eight months were going to be a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And what can end up happening is if you're relying on that job or rather if I was relying just on Soto to pay my bills, I would be really defensive with, with criticism because I'd be so committed to it working and for it to bring money. I know exactly what you're saying. That I wouldn't <laughs> have been receptive to the changes that needed to be mm -hmm. made. And so was it a lot of work? Absolutely. I'd be exhausted from my day job to then have to work at Soto at night yeah. or I'm taking my lunch break. No, I'm not taking my lunch break. I'm actually teaching someone a Soto class 
while I say I'm going to get lunch and then I'm just going to scarf a sandwich in the background. I love that. And what I discovered to your point was going off that word confusion, simplicity is super important and also being really clear with directions. So when I first started Soto, funny enough, and I was just having this conversation with my husband, it always was 10 unique movements for every single series. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is great. I'll be playing with your mind. Sure, we're going to still be exhausting your quads or your left gluteus medius or your right gluteus maximus, but I'm changing moves. You're not going to know. What ended up happening was no one had a rhythm. There was no cadence to it. Right. And also you didn't get to go back to a move where you're like, you know what? I'm doing this for my second time. I feel really confident. So what I changed was- That's great, actually. Yeah. You want to give people confidence. Yes. And, and a lot of times yeah. people make too much variety. Yes. Where they don't ever master one movement. Totally. And, and there's like, there's a there's a clapping moment, right? Where on the inside, when you actually finally get it. Yes, it's like a click. And yeah. then what I like about Soto, it's time-based. So the, the cool thing is with those 60 second holds, you can actually see your strength build in real time. First time I'm only holding for 30 seconds, 37 seconds, and then I had to break. Next time I come back, 39 seconds yeah, yeah. and you see it build. The problem was I mastered that with that 60 second hold. I needed to figure out a way to do that with the individual dynamic movements. So my husband, again, he was my number one mirror throughout all of this. Yeah. And we had a really deliberate conversation when I was starting Soto that I had to ask him, like, I need you as my husband or I need you as my business partner. Cause the answers weren't the same. As a husband, he was gonna be supportive and loving and cheer me on. Mm -hmm. As a business partner, he was gonna say, this needs a lot of work. Yeah. And so when he had the business hat on, he would tell me, honestly, Hillary, that was super confusing. And I didn't feel like I actually got deep in the muscle because I was so preoccupied with what's coming next. And I was like, okay, noted, let me take this back. And then I started playing with this idea, five moves, two times through. That's something that people can digest. Mm -hmm. And also being really mindful that I make all those moves in a similar category. Meaning I'm not gonna have you in a we're doing a gluteus media series series where I'm curing, curing the outside of your like left glute. I'm not then going to bring you into a plank. Like I'm going to be very specific and isolated. Okay. And so through that conversation, the roadmap became clear. Also what I started to realize, and this was something that wouldn't have happened without these trial and errors. A lot of people were saying you can actually make this even more efficient because originally I wasn't demonstrating my movements during the isometric hold. I would pause, demonstrate, then bring you into that hold. What the audience told me, what data was telling me was like, no, 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 we can do both at once. Let me do both at once. So then I started testing it when we went from the arm section to the leg section, I would bring you right into a squat. And then I realized, wow, you can actually watch me perfectly here as I demonstrate. And so then I just shaved off another 15 seconds of you idly watching me. And so through having conversations with people in various fields, Everyone from my fellow analysts at Goldman Sachs, my fellow VPs at Oak Tree Capital Management, yeah. to my friends in fashion, models, actresses, you name it, everyone had the same end goal that was taking Soto. How can we make this more efficient? I and, love that. And when I saw that this new roadmap was really resonating with a bunch of different people, I was like, okay, we figured this out. But again, to figure out the vernacular that went along with that whole series took time. Right. And also with trial and error, yeah. knowing your own voice knowing when to slow down, mm -hmm. knowing when to speed up, knowing when you really need to articulate, and then also knowing I can be silent right now. No one needs to hear me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the, the the things that stick out to me is the cadence. Yep. There's so much, like a lot of people don't understand that there's cadence in working out. Like yep. 
uh, it's almost like a dance, yes. you know, and especially when you're dealing with body weight movement. Yep. So it sounds like also like when you say the word cadence, it sounds like there's, there's a little choreography in this, you know, because that you're going from one movement to the next where it makes sense. Yes. Where somebody doesn't feel awkward or, you know, so totally I, put. so talk a little bit about that aspect yeah. me, of, of where you had to really think, okay, does this make sense to go from this to that, you know? I think what I, what I think is really important too is like whenever you're starting something, especially for me starting Soto, the reason why I'm so resolute in my commitment for delivering an excellent class is because it's what I needed. And so when you're problem solving yeah. for yourself, your North Star became, becomes very strong and true. So taking the critical feedback is actually easier because all it's telling me is like, I can make this better. Right. So. With the cadence of class, what I had to get really comfortable with, especially teaching in person, was reading the room. Mm -hmm. Certain classes can move a little bit faster. I can see people getting it. So guess what? I can move faster myself. Right. Knowing how to respond. This class needs an extra five seconds. Give them the five seconds. And I think in-person class instruction depends on that sense of communication between you and your clients because not every class is going to be the same. 100%. And you yeah. want each class to deliver exactly what that that group needs with the ability to still allow them to push and challenge themselves. And I would say that along when it came to the digital experience, one thing I did recognize in terms of the cadence of releasing videos and the cadence of like keeping people's attention was originally I was dropping videos on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And they'd be different lengths. I would drop a 45-minute class on a Monday sometimes, a 35-minute class on the Wednesday, 15-minute class on a Friday. Other weeks, I'd reverse it. Okay. What people started saying was, I want all three or all four or all five at once. Because on Monday, I want a new class. I might have 45 minutes to give. But That's if, actually great feedback. Yeah. But if, but if that class isn't coming out until Friday, well, then I'm, I'm kind of upset. Right, so right. I take that yeah. one. And I was like, wow. And so I... Soto has always been a reflection of what clients want. I have always put my ego to the side. It's not what I want. Like I solved what I needed with the efficiency and results piece of this. What I am never going to own or whatever, saying that differently, what I'm never going to try to be a louder voice is I'm never going to tell my client clients what they want mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like that. I want them to tell me because you know this very well. The only way you're going to solve for consistency is if people feel like their class understands and hears them. Right. And that comes with the cadence of dropping classes. Also music, super important with classes. For me, when I do my Soto Sweat class, which I teach in person, there's a rhythm to that. The flow of that class goes cardio, arms, legs, cardio, right glute, left glute, abs on back, cardio, planking, class is over. Each block, four minutes and 20 seconds. Okay. You want different music when you're doing cardio versus lifting your left glute. 100%. So even that rhythm has to follow something. Yep. And so what's really cool is hearing clients actually say to me, I love the way the class flows with the music. That, that for me is outstanding because there is such a direct connection with music and working out. Like, oh my God, just, it's, par it's, it's so paramount, it's yeah. crazy. And what's your process in taking your programming and then connecting it with the right music. Do you have a certain process that you like to do? Like, is it headphones? Is it real life? Is it yep. 
you know, like what's totally. your process? So when I, anytime I'm developing in a class, a class that I'm going to teach in person or for the app. So I get one day a week where I work out by myself, you know, this well, <laughs> probably the biggest misconception of being a trainer. Cause I train a lot of people personally and yeah. I film for the app is that, Oh my God, you must be working out all the time. I know, right? It's like, <laughs> no. no, actually what I'm doing is I'm an accountability partner and I'm making sure that you're doing yeah. proper form and that I'm here to motivate you on those days when I have five personals, I'm not. I'm not working out. I'm. I love my job. Yeah. But like, I've got to figure out a way to fit in my workout on those days. So, but I don't. I don't stress about it because what I do is typically that one day a week. That's my own day to work out. That's when I go hard, and that's when I think about a new. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're only working out one day a week. No, no, no. Oh. I'm working out every single day, but there's one day a week where it's like I've got time. Okay. All right. And, and what is that? A different day, or is that typically the same day? Weirdly enough, it's become Saturday here in Miami okay. uh, um, because I train with a lot of working um, women yeah. who clearly want to get their workout in before and after work on the weekends, and they're with their kids on Saturdays. Okay. Um, and so I'm booked during the week, book on Sunday. Saturday's been like this weird day where like I kind of have my own. Well, that's great. Yeah. I love it. And you need it. And I need so, it totally. Yeah. And so every other day, the workout's happening. I'm fitting it in where I can, but I don't really get to unlock the creativity that I want. Right. On Saturdays, I have an hour and a half at the gym. Like that is luxury. Okay. And so during that time, I don't have to go in and just like get the workout in. I get to sit there. I get to plan it. I get to try new moves. Um, and so when I'm doing that, that's when I'm also doing new music. Okay. So listening to new music, seeing what's going to work in an in-person class. And typically the way that I structure it is during cardio, we've got high BPM. We've got anything from like current pop tunes to something that maybe skews a little bit more techno, a little bit more house. Okay. When it comes to arms and legs, I like to have a nice consistent beat because as I say in class, there's no rushing when it comes to Soto. We're not chasing reps. We each have 20 seconds to go at our own pace. Right. So my fear is I don't want music that's super fast. That's like making you think like for this squat, I need to yeah. move at a rapid fire. Right. Like, no, no, no. Let's slow it down. Yeah. And then I like to close class typically when it comes to like the plank series and the core. That's when I like hip hop. That's when I like rap because for okay. me, when I'm planking, like that gets me going. That yeah. like, gets me motivated. So you get a little bit of every music selection. I love it. I class. love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, is it when when you say like with the planking and rap kind of is it those lyrics or is it the beat or what is it for you it's both so i love i love sports i don't okay. love sports because like i'm cheering for one team that i'm passionate about yeah what i love about sports in general is it's just you have so many people with raw talent who are on the same court the same field but it comes down to who's willing to work harder right who wants to achieve their potential more than the other person and that's when work ethic really becomes the the undertone to who's going to be the goat. Yeah. And I watch hard knocks. I watch a ton of shows. <laughs> and when I see these guys working out, whatever song they're listening to, like I it like hits with me. And especially with like hip hop and rap, like the lyrics, I mean, so many of them just come back to greatness. Right. And like, what are you willing to do to get it? Yeah. And also it's like that slow beat that just keeps you really focused and there's something about like a workout or a trainer or a song that when like it hits you, you kind of get chills and it kind of unlocks this like the superpower <laughs> that you didn't know you had. And yeah. If I can, if I can encourage you to go even harder in a Soto class because the song hits you the right way, like I'm in. Wasn't expecting Carry Out by Timbaland and Justin Timberlake to hit as hard as it did last week. Yeah. I got more DMs saying, can you play Carry Out more often? I'm like, absolutely. Spotify. So you get a lot of feedback like that too, like people oh. telling you what they like and what they don't like. Yep, all the time. That's really cool. Um, so let's go back to the dynamic of husband wife. Yeah. 
business partners. Like I find that fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, what role is he playing like now? So in the beginning, he was a mirror to challenge me as to, do I want to do this full time? Okay. And what he was really worried about was Soto right now is just myself. Excitingly enough, I'm now in the process of bringing on new trainers. Awesome. The vision's about to come a little bit more full circle. Yeah. But in the beginning and up until this point, it's been just me. And so as a husband, as a protector, and as someone who clearly loves me deeply, he doesn't, he never wanted me to feel like if Soto didn't make it, that somehow I was a failure. Right. And he was really committed to that. And that's why he kept challenging me. Like, do you want to do this? Does this hit you the right way? Is this mm -hmm. like the impact that you want to have on the world? That was the first year. And that was really hard. It was hard in our relationship. Like it yeah. really, it really was. And in, in the best possible way, because I think that what we have in our relationship that I'm most proud of is deep, deep, deep respect. And I think that that respect translates into love. It translates into support. It translates into everything that keeps a marriage, um, a place where you both get to keep growing. Right. What was cool is there was a moment where the subscriber number hit a certain place where you could see the classes selling out, where you could see the response from strangers sending emails and DMs that showed that, okay, we've moved, we moved past the friends of friends circle. Right. Now I can see that this business is a real business. And that's when you kind of took a step back and let me do my own thing. That was probably like the next six months of the journey. Okay. Where we're at right now is the, the harder, the hardest conversation, which is we want to start a family at some point. How are we going to, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. Cause now, now it comes down to like, how are we going to balance it all? Mm -hmm. And where I feel confident in our marriage and our relationship as husband and wife and business partners is he really respected me when I said, I need a little bit more time before we start our family. I got to know myself at 30. I wanted the chance to be as selfless as I was at 24 at 30 because at 24, I was at Goldman Sachs. I was going out with clients all the time. My career came first. Like right. I was hustling hard. And I hustle and like, that's something that is innate to me. And so, and I love it. Like, I love the fact that I've been scrappy enough to build this business with no money spent on marketing. Um, he gave me, and not, not that he gave me, but he was willing to be in conversation with me about the things that I needed, despite him wanting to start a family, maybe a little bit sooner. Right. And so now what we're at is we're pumped to start a family. We're, we're trying right now. I can't wait for this next adventure. And, and by the way, yeah. so just hearing you say that, and I'm sure you already know this, but yeah. I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. There is a huge need and you're just teeing yourself up to doing a, 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 po a prenatal, totally. prenatal soda. Totally. You know? Like hundred percent. I mean, we literally have women nine months yes. about to pop yes. in it. our classes. Yep. Like it's, it's crazy how many there are. Like we've had yeah. lots of legacy babies <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's so cute. Yeah. And so I think it sounds like you're, you would be literally the face of that yeah. and talk about just like, because it's so needed, like, you so know, needed. And, and it's yeah. safe and it's like, totally. it's in line with everything. So I don't think it's really gonna, I, I think it's gonna enhance Soto in my opinion. I, I totally know? agree with you. And I, so. and I think what's not talked about a lot, and I don't know what the experience of motherhood is like yet, but it's daunting. And like when I see very daunting. Yeah. When I see my friends do it, the reason why I've waited is because I know how hard it is. It looks impossible. Like, <laughs> like it literally looks Yeah, but your your impossible. personality and who you are, you're gonna be phenomenal. Thank so you just so much. Know that and just know that it's gonna but it what what just really like is so clear to me though, yeah, is like you're not gonna have to choose. Appreciate that. So that's okay. just know that, that it's not going to be Soto or the baby or Soto or my family. Yep. You're going to be able to 
to use these life experiences yeah. to actually make Soto better. Oh. And I'm telling you, like I can see it right now. There's yeah. only gonna make it's only gonna make it even even more uh, relatable. Thank you. Even more authentic. Yeah. You know, like because to me, we're living in a world where that is that's rare. Yeah. The authenticity of things is totally. rare. Yeah. The realness is rare. The uh, relatability is rare. So yeah. when these women are watching you do it through that process, yeah. where you're three months pregnant, you're six months yeah. pregnant, and I'm, they're going to be like, you know, let's go. And so, let's go. And like yeah. you just said it. And I That's think, so cool. And where I want, what I can't wait to bring to that type of program is just because you're pregnant, it doesn't mean you, you are all of a sudden a totally different person. You're the same human same person. You're the same human with the same meal. Actually, you're even better. You know what I mean? Like you're like, my wife was just yeah. glowing when she was pregnant, like yeah. glowing. And obviously towards the end, you know, y'all are like, get this thing out of me. And I get that. But there's a, there is a moment. I think if, and, and yeah. quote me on this, I'm not a woman, but I think it's around the three to four month yeah. mark where you have more energy. Yep. You're you're literally glowing, and you're like just high on life. And and, uh, and again, I don't know exactly what that feels like, but I did watch it in my wife, and it was it was fascinating. It is, and uh, I think that with most women that I've worked with that are that are prenatal, they the first trimester is very challenging. It's a big energy drain. Second trimester, more energy, we're ready to go. Yeah. And I'm lucky. So when I created Soda, like I know for a fact that I have not had a, de a decade in fitness. So what I really cared desperately about was making sure that Soto was safe from the perspective of someone with a medical background. So one of my advisors, his name is Dr. Lynn Berman, based out of New York. Okay. He is an amazing physical therapist, um, someone that came highly recommended to me just as a PT that I should work with. Yeah. And after several conversations, like we had a really beautiful rapport and he really believed in Soto and he took the time with me to go through the movements, to go through the programming, to make sure that from even that medical lens, yeah. you could fully endorse Soto. And what gets me excited again about Soto in the future is that he has always said, if something is safe for all bodies, it's safe for all bodies, including pre and post. I love that. And I think that was really important. So when, when women who are expecting come to Soto, I can say that to them. However, I do always have one cautionary moment where I'm like, I haven't been pregnant yet. so. I don't want to look you in the eye and say you should definitely do Soto because I did it. I'm a big believer, like you got to do it yourself. Yeah. So. And you have to get medical advice. I and mean, you do it. Your and doctor has to tell you, like, because there are certain incidences where yeah. the doctor says you can't work out to a certain totally. period of time. So every every pregnancy is different. It's very idiosyncratic, yeah. and I'm very careful yeah. with what I'm great at and what I need more knowledge on. Yeah. This is one space where I want it. I want to be pregnant with you when we go through that journey together and I can officially say yeah. we got your prenatal soto class but the reason why I'm glad I took these two years to know myself was that I really think that as I just mentioned like you're not going to change as a person and I was really afraid that if I didn't really know myself like what was my identity going to be with a child and so now I can firmly say like, I know who I am. I know my boundaries. I know my beliefs. I know the impact I want to have on the world. And so when I get to invite this, hopefully knock on serious wood that I'm able to have this beautiful child, when that moment happens for me, I'm going to feel really confident in what I want to impart on this human that's going to be joining. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's and so great. we'll see what ends up happening with it. But I think that for, for women, you don't just stop wanting an intense workout because you're pregnant. Like I, you, you may have to adjust and modify and do that. Right. But like, I know mentally how I succeed in life and it's through resistance. 
And I want to make sure that when that day comes, no matter where you're at in your life, you can experience that level of resistance to find new strength, no matter where you're at in your fitness journey. So love that. Love the fact that you just said the resistance thing, yeah. but elaborate a little bit, especially from a woman's perspective, yeah. because as a man and just somebody that's really into fitness for the mental side of it, yeah. for me, we call it like, you know, what's your suck, you know, like what's going to absolutely suck today. Yep. Your workout, your cold plunge, your sauna, yep. your intermittent fasting, yep. you know, things like that, that cause stress. Yeah. So that then when regular stress happens, it's like, you know, you just brush that stuff off Ooh, I love that. because you've yeah. already put yourself through hell. And so when someone cuts you off in the, in the road or, or someone didn't do their, you know, one of my employees doesn't yeah. do what they're supposed to do. It's not as disruptive. Ooh, okay. You know? Love the way that you're drawing the parallel between those nuances because so Soto, when it comes to the mindset of it. So I started Soto during a very challenging time for me professionally. I'm not going to dive too much into it, yeah. but it was definitely a moment where my reality was rocked because I was hearing truths about myself from someone who was supposed to be a leader and a boss. And the problem is when you have that power dynamic and you're hearing all these things about you that you're like, I, I think I'm actually quite good at my job and I think I'm all these things, but all of a sudden I'm being told I'm not, you start to really question yourself and your abilities. And so what started to really wane for me at that point in my life was the sense of agency and choice. I just felt like I couldn't grasp onto any of these esoteric truths that I knew about myself. And so when it came to sodoing, especially alone, part of soto is always getting your body to a point where the next second feels impossible. Okay. Because it's in that moment where the body's saying no, but you still have something deep down inside and that's agency and that's will. And so I wanted to create a really tangible experience of what it felt like to really pull down deep and get that out. So when I was on my final plank, of a 45 minute Soto sweat that I had made advance for myself. And I was in that 57th second of that plank and that 58 second felt so damn hard, but I made it to 58. And I remember that, that moment where I chose to hold on to a second. Yeah. That then allowed me in my personal and professional life to hold on to shit that was really hard. Integrity, compassion, consideration. More importantly, integrity, compassion, and mm -hmm. consideration for someone who I didn't really like. Right. And so, I just kept thinking, if I can do hard shit physically, where I'm literally feeling the burn, it becomes a little more bearable when you're doing it in real life and there's no physicality to it. Right. It's just something mentally that you need to commit to. Mm -hmm. And I don't do well with fluffy shit. It's just not who I am. Yeah. I need something like this really real and I can feel it. And so for a long time, like I would straight up hold a pen during Zoom meetings. I'd be like, don't let the pen go, just like you're not going to erupt in anger right now. And then I started realizing I can take this moment if I, and if I keep flexing this, this muscle of accountability with my workouts, all of a sudden I can put the pen down and it's happening here. But just like all things, it takes commitment, it takes consistency. And that's why I always say like, you don't know when you're going to have to show up and exercise your agency in a moment where it's going to be super hard. You don't know, right. but you train every day because when that moment happens, and you feel it, and you feel like someone's pushing you to your limit, you know, you know that you can push against. Yeah, you and can handle it. You can handle it. Because you've already, you've already done it. You've already, you've already done it. You've already so, done it. Yeah. Like you keep coming back to Soto every single day and you feel that within you. Yeah. In a relationship where you're being pushed to your boundary, in a professional environment where you know shit is wrong, you're gonna know what it feels like to choose yourself. That's really cool. Very powerful, very yeah. powerful. Um, all right, so what's the next for Soto? 
So next for Soto. So I, again, you got to be bold anytime you create something. Of course. And I also think that when you're creating a new platform or anything for yourself, like also feel it out. Like, when does it feel like enough? Like, was just having the app enough? Was just having in-person classes enough? Is my personal business enough? And it's all been incredibly fulfilling. Yeah. And it's gotten me to this point where I can actually say it's not. I want, I, I want to have a larger impact with Soto. And I'm glad that I've left, I've lived with every stage and been patient with it because you also, if you're going to build anything, you have to deeply love it, be committed to it and be willing to ride the highs and lows. Oh yeah. And so, and you know that better yeah. than anyone. And I can say right now, like I'm ready for that next push. And so okay. what that next push looks like is bringing on other coaches outside of myself who can teach Soto, not of course the classes that already exist, but also create their own Soto programs. And so I can't say too much right now, but there is someone that we're speaking with who I'm like 99% positive. He'll be joining us in the next few weeks. Okay. And he's- And he. Mm -hmm. All right. So bringing in a bringing male. In the guy, I, I like it. I think it's super important because yeah. I I want guys to- No, I think it. that's that's very smart. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. And he has the the energy that this person's hopefully bringing is it's, it's right where I need him, which is seriousness, but warmth. Yeah. And- compassion, but also commitment. Like okay. there's all these different juxtaposing words I think are important. In no, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And Especially so trainers, it's very important. It's very important. Sometimes you only get one or the other. Yes. You know? and, and having that duality is critical. Mm -hmm. And so where I can't wait to bring Soto is a Soto strength program. So taking resistance training, following the Soto roadmap, restructuring it a little bit so it can fit a strength training regimen yep. and being able to offer different modalities under the Soto umbrella, because what people resonate with is the predictability. If you know you're coming to a Soto class, you know that you can depend on having the whole class up front, knowing how you're going to cue each muscle of the body. And then you get to just re relax in the sense of the word where you can trust everything that's in front of you. And so with these other teachers, I can now expand into Soto stride, which will be a precision running um, modality. Soto skip. I love jump rope. Like, there's so many ways that Soto can adapt to different fitness trends yeah. and it can all live under one umbrella with the thread being the roadmap. And why is that? You, we said it at the very beginning, no one wants to be confused. Exactly. Eliminate confusion. And then also to the system. The systems, exactly. So it's, it's, the, yes. it's the clock, right? Yes. So you can, you can take that system that you created Beautifully put. And then attach it to anything, really, yeah. when it comes to fitness. It's exactly. Like anything. Because exactly. it's time-based. It's not, somebody doesn't have to ask, well, what weight do I use? Or what this? Or, totally. Because it's all time-based. It's all time-based. Yeah. And I also think that, especially when you're introducing new teachers, there needs to be some commonality so that someone who's ever met you before can still come in and, and find something that resonates with them. Where, what I, in my dream world, in 10 years, you have no idea who I am, but you know what Soto is. That's my hope. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Because you want, I mean, the truth is too, both you and Soto will learn more, grow more, have more innovation, creativeness. Like, totally. I mean, it's just going to, like, you're going to love it because you don't know what to expect. Like, yeah. you don't, like, if I, I knew where I wanted to end up. Yeah. But you certainly don't know how the hell you're going to get there. Totally, you know, but, but I think you just you you can't stop. That's but I the think you've done really well, and again, like I am extremely humbled to be just having this conversation with you. You are a legend in this space, and I think what I've done in the first year and a half, and it's kind of what you did, is like you got to build champions from the very beginning. Yeah, and building champions takes the most amount of time. It takes the most amount of energy because you are giving so much of yourself to one person. Right, and 
If you do it right though, those voices become your best marketing tools. And when I think about the business that you've built, like legacy is a direct reflection of the time and energy that you spent one-on-one with these, with these individuals who became your champions, spread the gospel that is you. And that what you realized is more people should have more manning. So how can we do that? And creating a scalable business where people can feel the energy that you worked so hard on cultivating in a space where what's great about one-on-one is that you get all of Manning. What's great about a boutique fitness class or anything that's partner-based is that now you get the energy of 30 other people who love what you love. Exactly. Right. They're, they're different and they're equally as important. Yeah. And I love what you said. Uh, Gunnar says the best is that we're not selling fitness. We're selling energy. You know, like uh, and Gunnar Peterson is who said that, but he, yeah. he, uh, I did a podcast with him. Another and, legend. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. And and it was I, I love that statement mm-hmm. because energy is contagious. There's yep. there's something about when you meet certain people, their attitude is a reflection of their energy. Like totally. You know their body language, the way they speak, their eye contact, yep. how they shake your hand, like everything. And I think. I think we don't we don't put enough emphasis on that of looking people in the eye yes. and waiting for responses instead of like, how you doing? And then just walking off like, you know, yeah. ask someone how they are and then stop and listen. So it's that listening bit that I yeah. think a lot of people forget about. And one of my friends, Nancy, she's unbelievable. She's really committed to this whole concept of that a lot of people who they are is really based on who they were at like 11 or 12 and like foundational moments that happened. Yep. And I think like for me, like I was an incredibly uncool sixth grader. I had not come into my own in any shape, way or form. There was a mean girl group in my middle school and it was so bad that I actually asked my parents, can I go to this very challenging private school? No way. 50 minutes away from our school. Yeah. And that's what happened. And my poor father who worked very hard to let us have a beautiful life. He paid the taxes that our town required to send us to this great <laughs> public school. And here I am saying, I would love to go to private school. Right. He almost had a conniption. Um, but I think that he respected the fact that an 11 year old girl wanted to be smarter. And yeah, no. be around that. And Look he, at you now. So I'm yeah, yeah. And he really, sure it paid off. So. You know, it paid off and he really, he, he, I was appreciative because my dad and my mom listened to me. They didn't try and tell me how I felt. They let me live this and feel this. And they said, you know what? We have the means. We can send you to this private school um, yeah. that you, and, but you got to get in. So, but I got in. But during that time in sixth grade, what was terrible is that the way that these mean girls operated was it wasn't bullying. It was ignoring. Oh, wow. And when you're in sixth grade, I, and also I've been 45 years old my whole life. Like I'll always be 20 years older than <laughs> I actually am. I just remember saying to myself, like, this is so mean. Like this, the fact that I'm with you in this line waiting for lunch and you refuse to talk to me, like, because I'm not pretty enough or this or that. I was like, okay, the hardest realization that you have the when you're in sixth grade and you know, by the way, this environment's not forever. But just because you know it's not forever and just because you care about being kind, if no one else cares about that, it doesn't really matter. Right. And so what I made a commitment to, and I will never forget the moment, I was in sixth grade in orchestra class after getting ditched mid-sentence by this one girl, as I remember saying like, you will never, ever, ever let someone go by you or talk to you without being seen. And I said that as a sixth grader, mm-hmm. that I would never treat someone that way. And it's really been a foundational core memory of mine that I carry into every class that I teach. Like there will never be someone who I meet or come into contact with that doesn't feel acknowledged. Oh, I love that. I love that. And and then, you know, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So yes, yeah. like, unless you show that you actually care about the person, yeah. they're not going to 
they're not gonna listen to what all these methodologies are and all this stuff. So the yeah. first thing is they want to know, hey, does this person care about my body? Yeah. And so we are we're big believers in that too. Is just you lead with customer service. You lead with yeah. the hello, yeah. the goodbyes, the how are you doing, the yeah. you know how was your day. That totally. like really leaning into just getting to know where where they come in with like what what they come in with yeah because that's another thing too gym fitness it's 100 for for others not for us it's work for us but for others it's 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 a stress relief it's a yes. it's a it's a vacation from life like people use fitness to get away from everything they have to deal with totally and a lot of times gyms and classes and stuff they lose sight of that they think that it's about beating someone down yeah and just like giving them the hardest workout ever totally and the truth is is that no it's more about taking care of someone's body another thing too is we see people more than they see their doctors oh my god so well said you know yeah, what I, mean? Totally. I mean you see your doctor yeah. maybe once a year maybe but you're seeing your trainer three four five sometimes every day really well said yeah and you have trainers that don't take that serious like it, you know what i mean which is kind of scary and so. that's what scares me sometimes in the space is that i i re it really upsets me when i can just see that someone's using fitness as a way to build their own personal brand or as an ego thing or as a vanity right. pursuit because it can't be that um and also consumers are really smart and they will see through it you just landed on something so i want you to lean into that i know it's a little controversial but talk about it deal, deal with this world yeah this fake yeah world of instagram yep. and the bbls is that how you say it or the b whatever the Brazilian butt lips. yeah the the fake butts the fake this the yeah. fake that and then you have people selling the dream of like i got this through squatting oh god you know cool. and yeah. how do you how do you deal with that in general as a woman yep. when you're seeing all these so-called perfect bodies out there yep and i mean you obviously look great and and your your system is is helping people look their best yes but like speak on the the psychology of it like because i don't even understand how women even deal with just seeing yeah. fakeness but it's almost celebrated it's so you know? like like this yeah. avatar look is almost celebrated because it has to be because everybody keeps doing it it's and keep copying i agree which i don't agree i don't i don't find it attractive at all but i'm just curious like what yeah. a woman uh, perspective on it on, is. on and especially someone in your position yeah like you know how do you how do you what's that discussion like i don't even know i don't even know if that's a question no no it's actually a really good question so i'm going to attack it a few different ways so First and foremost, what I one thing that I'm doing that I'm very, very cognizant of, especially with my social presence, is that I'm here to help you show up, not show off. Okay. And there's Love a, that. and there's a difference to me. We call it show out, by the way. Oh, I like yeah. that. I like that. <laughs> and so I knew that probably one of the biggest points of friction with starting Soto was this idea that I would have to show parts of my body to show that it worked. Right. Like, you know what? I am really proud of my core. I built that through diet and exercise. Yeah. Diet because you have to eat if you want to build muscle. Through exercise because I had to be committed and consistent to build that level of definition. And I was really afraid to like show up with like a sports bra picture because what I thought was I don't want to trigger anyone. I don't want anyone thinking like this is an ideal body type for this or that. 
But what I was doing is I was trying in that moment to say, like, I showed up for myself and this is what the results were. But what you'll never find me doing on my social is you'll never find me in a bikini or a shop that's provocative, at least for me. Right. Because that's not the message that I'm here to send. Because when I was working at Goldman Sachs and I was sitting at my desk, I was in a bikini maybe five days of the entire year. Right. Seeing someone in a bikini shot didn't really motivate me because that wasn't my reality. Something that I like about a sports bra and your leggings that you can be in that every day. Yeah. And you can- Especially in Miami. That's like the go-to. I do love Miami for that. I don't <laughs> yeah, worry exactly. if I left my t-shirt at home. Right. But I like giving women a place every single day where they, they want to show up for themselves and they want to see what happens when you show up. You can have that moment. And I think that language choice is really important where I am a results-oriented program. I'm not having you do this for the sake of just like movement. I want you right. to feel stronger. I want you to look stronger. But the way that looks on you and me is going to be different. But I know that you're going to know it's working if you feel it. And that's where I love the time-based methodology piece of it is that you can feel it working in real time. I think that the hardest part about this avatar look that I know exactly what you're talking about, I, I don't use filters. There's only, there's that one Paris filter on Instagram. Occasionally, if I have a breakout and I need to do a post, like, sure, I'll throw that one up. Right, right. But nothing to change the way I look or my body type. Yeah. I've also never edited a picture. You will see pictures of me where my skin is touching. You will see pictures of me where my arm is against my body. And guess what? That position, it's not the most flattering, but it's fucking real life. Right. So show, show the, the pictures where your core is defined. Show the picture where you're just moving and you've got skin on skin and your body looks normal because that's what it's all about. And I think as a fitness professional, you have to be committed to throwing, to showing the whole 360 approach. Yep. And the language piece really does, it all comes back to this. I think that whenever you're starting a fitness brand or whatever it is, like who you are starts from like day one in the message that you're sending and the, and the words that you choose. And so I never want to be a vapid, vain place, but I do want this to be a spot where you feel really confident when it does come time to wear your bikini. Right. And that you get to show the world how you showed up for yourself. And I think that, so when I think about Instagram, and I don't know if a lot of other people ascribe to this, I post photos for four reasons. To celebrate, to give thanks, to share news. And then there's like that one contractual reason. Like maybe I have a partnership with someone and I need to show this. Clearly that's happening out of an authentic need because I love that company. Mm -hmm. There's a fifth category that I think a lot of people lean into, and it's the part that has created an unhealthy environment on social media, and that's inciting envy. And you know when you're posting that picture. Right. Because what's the purpose behind this? And that's why for like the models of the world, when they get a bikini sent in the mail for free, like post it. Right. You're giving thanks. Yeah. It's a part of your job. You probably have a contra contractual agreement to this. Yeah. To me as a consumer, that makes sense. I'm not offended by that. Right. But when you see someone else doing a picture sometimes where you know the end goal is to either make you feel a certain way that's not positive or to show off things that they have that maybe you don't, you know how that's going to make someone feel. And it's your responsibility to take that extra second to think about that end person seeing it before you click post. That's great advice. Um, I think also, like what I see is that, and what stands out to me, what you just yeah. said, is that just become the best you you can be time and time again and stop comparing yourself to all this stuff that is so-called what people want or what yeah. other like be focus on becoming the very best 
version of yourself. Totally. And if you can master that, then you're gonna end up with the, the best result because you can only do what you can do for yourself. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna look like Susie Q over here. You're gonna look like Hillary. Totally. Like, this is the best Hillary I can do. Totally. You know? So. And I think what I find so funny in like, again, I am not a hokey person at all. And this is gonna sound so hokey, but there's only one you. Like yeah. there is only one Hillary. Yeah. So on days where I do not feel fabulous physically, I'm like, part of my life's like, fuck it. There's only one of me. I'm yeah. doing the best I can. I love it. And owning, really leaning into that and owning it is so powerful once you just accept the fact that we're all in a constant state of improvement. And that's where I think life is fun is that we're always progressing. We're always getting stronger. The minute you think that you know it all or you're, you're at your peak, I feel so sorry for you. I know, right? Because what what is life if there's not goals? And and that's where I think the the difficult part with being a trainer, and you know this well, you have to have a target because the hardest muscle to flex is accountability. And if you just tell someone to show up and get a great workout in, and there's no target and there's no goal in place, accountability becomes really hard to flex. Yep. Soto, four minutes and twenty seconds. That's your target every single time. You fall short by a few seconds. I don't care. If you can just look into yourself honestly and said, I pushed as hard as I could, that's all that matters. But without that four minute and 20 second finish line, would you have gotten there? I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Um, and you do that with here with the pit training. Like, that's what I think is great. Like you have, you have time for every single round. Yeah. So the, the partner thing for me, I mean, I love, you know, the accountability thing, commitment, consistency, I mean, all the words you use are very in line with everything that we're about. Uh, I, I think that accountability, so what I saw in the fitness space is that there was a lack of accountability. That's why I created Pit. I got to a point 100%. where I was coaching a hundred something people at a time. Yep. And I kept looking at the room going, oh, it almost scared me. Cause yep. I was like all these people with dumbbells and Oof. cables and Oof. I mean, sometimes sledgehammers and like, you know, bazoo yeah. balls and all this crap. And, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And then one day I started pairing people up. Yeah. And it was just amazing to kind of just sit back and watch. Yeah. People counting each other's reps, motivating each other, changing each other's weights. Yep. High-fiving, encouraging. Like, so it was just immediate yeah. accountability across the board without really much effort, you know, when it comes to like me. Like, yeah. it was like, I just paired them up. Totally. And, and then that's when the process of, okay, Let's take the sledgehammers away from people. Yeah, like, we're going to slightly yeah. modify this. Right. We're going to tone it against. down a little bit. Because yeah. when I when I started, obviously, it was, yeah. it was like boot camp. So it was yeah. how intense can I mean, we were kicking people out. And it was it was crazy back in the day. I don't think that so. There's a place and time for all of it. Yeah. Where I think it's really interesting and clearly like post-pandemic world, we're experiencing this. We are social creatures. We want to be around humans. 100%. And if... That's where I think this conversation between digital and in-person, in-person will, in my opinion, always reign supreme because- I 100% agree with that. It's something that you cannot replicate and talk about accountability. When you know there's someone out there, even if they're just like in the same space as you, you're going to give an extra percent. Even if it's just 1%, you're yep. going to give that. There's science behind that too. So. Yeah. And I also think that you meant, you made a good point that when you step in here, like you're kind of leaving the world behind. Yeah. There are very few moments where like you can leave your phone. And one of the things I love the most about this job that we get to do is that when you are training someone, you have no excuse but to be present. 
I can't be scrolling on Instagram. Yeah, you I can't have be, to be you know, present. You have to be. And so I, it's a blessing and a curse. My poor husband, he's like, Hillary, I called you three times. I'm like, <laughs> well, I was with a client, couldn't pick up. Yeah. So I get to experience the world the way it was supposed to be experienced, which is human to human, no devices, communication and effort. Like how lucky, like how lucky that we get to be in a job where that happens. Yeah. And then the fact that we're changing lives every single day. Yeah. Um, so if you had any, and, and again, every time I say this, I know advice is based off experience and based yeah. off of who you are, but if you had yeah. any advice for female trainers, male trainers, just trainers in general, you know, think about the trainers yep. that are just starting out, Totally. you know, the, the 21, the 22 year olds, yep. you know, when, when, I mean, I, I started at 21. Okay. So that, that's. You know, sometimes people are like, I want to be a trainer, you know, and they yeah. think that it's working out all day long and they think that yeah. it's, you know, showing their six pack on Instagram. So yep. what are, do you have like your top five things or your, or anything that you feel like has kind of got you where you are today? You know, like as far as just yeah. being uh, recognized as, I call it like a legitimate person that is, this is your career. Like there's a difference between yeah you know, I'm a bartender slash trainer, or I'm an actress slash trainer. I feel like there's certain people, individuals that you've, you've chosen, you actually walked away from a pretty big time role, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. into training people. And why do you think you've lasted? And what do you think has been the, the, the foundation of that? Well, that's a great question. I would say first piece of advice is listen to what people say about you. What are your strengths? Like, what is your superpower? And I think that despite not beginning my fitness career until I was 30, the same comments that I heard while I was a trader are the same comments I hear now. And, and learning what that is so that you can lean into the best parts of yourself. And so from the very beginning, like everyone liked working with me because I made them, I made them the best at their job. Like, was I the best equity derivatives trader? Absolutely not. But was I there for other people and helping them access the best parts of themselves? Yes. And so that's something that I've been able to carry into my fitness career that was very much in my other profession. Um, and so if you're starting off at a young age at 21, what have your friends said about you? And so really own the thing that makes you special and don't be shy about it. Humility is critical, but if your superpower is making other people great, don't be humble about that. Yeah, that's a great it. thing to share with the world. Yeah. Um, two is especially in fitness, there's a lot of copycats. There is a lot of the same. So what's gonna make you different? For me, and we've had this conversation, was my system. My system is different. The way that I approached consistency and formatting a workout class is right. different. The truth is someone could copy it right away, but that's where the piece, first piece of advice comes in. What makes you special and unique coupled with the thing that you do differently is gonna be really powerful. Three is, and I, I'm very appreciative for the people that gave me their time, I have a board of advisors. I have a group of people whose advice I really trust. You cannot seek advice from everybody. You will be incredibly confused. You have to narrow it down. Whose advice do I trust? Who do I think embodies the business that I, or who is rather, who is either the client or the investor that I want to work with one day and what advice can they give me? And I'm going to tune out the noise to everyone else and focus on that. Fourth, this is just a funny one. If you do become a trainer, learn where the bathrooms are, wherever you go, because you're going to be hydrating all day 
And when you get to your new location, you're going to have to tinkle. Yep. And so like <laughs> just knowing where you're going to go in the first three seconds is really amazing because I train at a lot of these apartment complexes in Miami. I get to every, if I'm there for the first time, I get there 20 minutes early. I ask the um, person at the front desk, where's the bathroom? So then I'm never, I'm never worried. Right. Because there's nothing worse than when you're training someone and you got to go and you can't because they paid you for that time and you can't go to the bathroom midway through. Yep. Terribly uncomfortable. And for my women out there, we know that doesn't lead to good things. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, always be receptive to feedback. Keep an honest dialogue with your clients. Keep an honest dialogue with anyone that's in that circle of advice and try as hard as you possibly can to not, to not get defensive. If someone's taking the time to share with you what you can do better, it's because they want you to be the best. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, that was perfect. Um, and the last thing you said is, I, I just want to lean on that for a second. So I was, I was, uh, what's it, 2007 ish or something like that. Anyway, taking you back. Yeah. And I was training this guy that found me. I put, I put a Craigslist ad. I love it. That's thing, scrappy. You know? And yeah. it, it was very. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I, I did the new, uh, the new times too, the back pages. Um, <laughs> pretty suspect, but uh, it worked though. And uh, so the guy called me and i trained him and it went great and so he signed up for a month package and then the next day i was gonna train him he, he did five days you know five yeah. days so the next day i showed up and i was one minute late one minute late and he was gone and i was like where are you whatever he didn't he didn't respond didn't say anything whatever and then the next day you know again was there but i showed up like 30 minutes early and yeah. whatever he came in he did not say anything the entire session. I just what? trained him. He did not talk to me. This he is did, insane. He did not say one word. Okay. And then at the very end, I was like, bro, is everything good? Like, what's going on here? And then he was like, don't ever be late again. Like that. And I've never, ever been oh late my. ever since. Oh and it was gosh. actually, to your point, you either get better, bitter, you either get bitter Ooh, or you it. get better, yeah. right? I could have been like egotistical and been like, bro, I was here one minute. I was only one minute. Yeah. And yeah, that's, the you know what I mean? I could have been like, Ugh. like one minute's not that much. Yeah. It's yes. not that big a deal, bro. Yeah. Or I could have listened to advice yep. and, and applied it to my life. And I think we live a lot of people, we, we have interviews. So we're interviewing, we're bringing on new, new people. We have Great. interviewees that show up late and don't even apologize. That's bizarre. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, what are you doing? So the thing that stood out to me the most that you said at the end was listen to when people give you constructive criticism. Totally. They're not critiquing you. They're not, you know, belittling you. Yeah. They're telling you things that can help you. Totally. You know? And, and then the other thing that stood out to me was uh, all the noise, all the noise, mm -hmm. all the noise, all the noise. If you have too many people giving you advice, yeah, can't. then you can never, and there's no way we'd be here today if I listen to everybody's advice. Oh my God. Like, I got so much bad advice. Yeah. And I'll say, I got good advice that did not apply to me. Well said. Sometimes yeah. people give you great advice, but it's not what you need. Like, it's it's great advice yep. for where they, like maybe from their perspective. Totally. But like what you're trying to accomplish, only you know. Okay. You only know where you're going. Like, I, you yeah. know, in the beginning, like, oh, you need to downgrade, you need to do this, but they didn't realize, 
I'm trying to build a massive situation. Totally. So I don't have time to downgrade. Like, yeah. you know I, mean? so. I think that advice and projection get misconstrued a lot. Yeah. Advice is someone who does understand your point A and where you're trying to get and tries to help you get to point B. Projection has always been someone who has no idea what point B looks like. And instead of trying to understand what that is to you, they go based on their own experiences and what hasn't worked for them to give you forewarning. That's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. And you have to be very, very careful in those moments because when I was leaving fitness, I had, I don't know, 35 people tell me that I was an absolute crazy human right. that during that time of the economy that I should be seeking stability. And I was like, wait, what? And, but I thankfully- Actually, the timing of Soto, though, is kind of genius. It like, was. And that's where I was like, like hey, perfect time. It was perfect timing. Perfect time. I got very lucky. Like, yeah. Again, timing is- a Timing big, is everything in business. It's everything, everything with business. But I remember that I was listening to this one woman tell me about a failed gym of her niece. And I just kept saying, okay, well, I'm not starting a gym. Yeah. I am not your niece. So there's a lot of variables in this conversation that don't apply to me. So what I'm hearing is fear. I had a guy, yeah. he owned 33 Planet Fitnesses. Oh my God. And hedge fund guy. You know, yeah. And I called I him up and he, you know, I respected him. He obviously, he was just yep. rolling in the money. And, paper. and uh, I called him and I was telling him my, this was like in 2015, 16. I called him up and I was telling him my vision for the yep. brand and where I wanted it. And he goes, you'll never make it. He get literally like just out of his mouth. And I'll never forget. I was sitting in my, in my Hummer at the time. I was literally sitting that's, before here, I never had an office, so yeah. all my business calls were either in my truck or on the treadmill. That's hysterical. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I did a lot of deals in there. And, and, but I'll never forget sitting in there. And when he said that, I literally said to myself, cause I just kind of like, was like, okay, thank you. You know, like, yeah. thanks so much for the advice. Whatever. But as soon as I hung up and I'm not exaggerating, I went, that, I was that's like, should. I was like so mad at not him. But I was mad at the fact that he didn't understand what I was trying to accomplish. Totally. And it wasn't about money. It wasn't about success. Yep. It was about doing something that is going to create change. Yes. And I wanted to be significant. I wanted to, I wanted to, Good word. to add value to people's lives. And if I do that and I take pride in that, then the money will come. And totally. it certainly took a long time. Yeah. And, but we've arrived at the place where now people really understand what no days off is. They really understand what pit is. They really understand our values, our, yeah. you know, our systems and, and the why they get the why. Totally. So, not that you're asking for advice, but one yeah. thing I'll tell you to lean on is always go back to the why always yes. go back to why you're doing it. Yep. Not even necessarily how or what, but just focus on that. And, and also to never lose your voice in the business, no well, matter what. So, so cause well, you will get to the point where you're going to get big and someone's going to come in and they're going to want to buy a Soto and they're going to take it national and do all this stuff and don't lose you yeah. in it because like, I'll give you an example, class pass. Yeah. The, was it Pilar? Was her name Pilar? Pil oh, Pilar, I know the Pilar. person. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. Amazing. Came, I mean, genius concept, genius, genius concept. Genuinely. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Then she sold it and, and God bless her. She probably made a fortune, Yep. but it just went to crap. And, and it's just not the same product. No, you know? that voice isn't there. You know, I'm, so just stay authentic to you. Cause you're, yeah. you're very, 
like you you got it like you're nailing everything that you should um and your voice is so strong thank you so much and you just need to lean into that and make sure that that it's it's you at the top and then telling everybody else you know how you want things done so i appreciate you sharing that story though about the car because i think what's really hard in the beginning and it's also a powerful force and i've talked about this before is i think that when someone tells you it's not going to work and you have the go f yourself moment because yeah. i've been there too hearing you going through that makes me feel better it's like oh all right so i'm not that alone and look what manning's bill and he had oh i got made fun of so that everyone made fun of the dog <laughs> Everyone told me like Yona, that's crazy dog. Yona, Yona Jim, bro. Why do you have a dog as your logo? Like that doesn't make any sense. Everyone made fun of me in no days off. They they were like, you have to have a day off. Like you should say I used to get the nastiest uh Facebook comment, you know, back then it was Facebook or whatever. And because they didn't understand what no days off was. They they yeah. thought it was like never taking a day off on working oh, out, and that's not cool. what it's about. Um originally so I wanted to call the gym Legacy originally. Yep. But I had to do Legacy Fit at the time because there was a gym called Legacy. Yep. Now I have the trademark and now we're oh, Legacy. Okay, yeah. Congrats. So now we're back on Legacy. That, yep. that happened like three or four years ago. Okay. But it was, so when it was Legacy Fit, I did this and it's kind of funny because I changed the logo already, but I did this like old English, like, uh, you know, thing mm -hmm. and, and everyone hated that too. So, but I say that to say, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter when you have, when you have the vision yep. and you have the conviction oh, totally. that you know for a fact that it's going to work and you're not distracted by how long it takes, you know, yes. like oh. it's going like, once you decide you're going to do something, yep. the difference between success and failure is the willingness to just never stop. Oh my God. So you see yes. it through. Yeah. Just see it through, you know? But willingness is the hardest thing to find in, in yourself. And that's the conversation where I think most businesses fail due to lack of willingness. Yeah. And commitment. And commitment. That. The thing that's funny though is like, I, I think that there does come a point where in the very beginning, I'm not going to lie to you, like I was motivated by spite. I'd be like, okay. every person that was like, you're not going to do this. Like you're an idiot. Like you're, what are you planning on doing with this concept? I remember sitting in that moment when they told me that. And I said, I'm just going to do everything in my power to prove that person wrong. And that's how, again, when the tough days happened and I had to keep going, the thing that actually would light that fire back up is that I think about that conversation and be like, you know what? I can work for another hour. Like you can do it. And then you refocus. Yeah, well, Adam always says that I have like a chip on my shoulder. And you don't because, want to lose that. And you don't want to lose it. If yeah. you didn't, and I, I actually think, you know, motivation comes and goes, right? Yep. You know, it's 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 not, it's, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But certain things motivate us more than others. Yes. And so yes. if you have these things like inside of you that you can pull from yeah. that motivate you, like those, the little girl moments back in the sixth grade, yep. the the naysayers, yep. the people that are, you know, whatever, 100%. then that's, that's, that's your motivation and lean on that. Yeah. So that's great advice for people out there too, is like, find, find those little things that will keep you going because mm -hmm. there will be dark times. There will be major setbacks. Yes. There'll be obstacles. Mm -hmm. There will be, uh, even in your own self, there will be a little doubt like yeah. all the time. But if you just, find those little things that get you going and then it'll help you carry your carry yourself through so and what i think is cool about where you're at in your business and where i'm just starting to understand this is like now the motivation for me is people that want me to succeed i don't want to prove them wrong like 
or rather I want to prove them right. Yeah, I went yeah. from wanting to prove people wrong to proving people right. Like, God, you've given me so much energy and time. Like, I don't want, I actually, now I, now I really don't want to fail because I want this to grow for you. That's a great way to say it too. Cause yeah. you're hundred percent right. It's funny how that's what happens when you're successful though. Like yeah. the, you get less people saying you can't do something. Now they're seeing you do it. Yeah. So now you're getting people that want to jump on the train and they want to take the ride with you. Yeah. And then if you're, if you're the leader, then you don't want to let them down. Yeah. Like you, like I wake up all the time with almost like a panic of I have to do more because I have so many people that rely on me. And isn't it so much more powerful? Like it's so much more powerful going from proving someone wrong to proving people who believe in you, right? Like it's just a different fire. It's yep. a stronger fire. It's way stronger, way stronger. And where I think it's cool. It's healthier. It's too. healthier, <laughs> way healthier. And where I think for, for legacy, where it becomes such like a behemoth of like belief is like when you do have the, like I was here at a class with 50 people. It's my friend's birthday. Yeah. And he looked hysterical. We were all in matching. It was t-shirts. amazing. It was amazing. It was great. But I was like, wow, look at 50 people here on a Saturday morning. Well, let me take it a step further yeah. for me, just so you can see like what yeah. I see. So when I walk in and it was funny that you just said that because Thanksgiving, I literally almost cried because Thanksgiving, we had sold out class at every single location. Oh so God. for me, when I am here and I'm witnessing the classes, what I always think of is not here. I'm thinking of all the places I'm not at yeah, and that it's happening there. That's amazing. And yeah. we're about to, we're about to sign Nashville and Epic. to do, to then have that moment yeah. you know, where it's like, this is happening in Miami and simultaneously this is happening in Nashville and, and other places we want to go. And I'm sure you get some of that feeling too, because you, you have people across the world doing Soto, right? Yeah. Like it's available. Across. It's available on the Apple store. Yeah. Uh, you can go download it. You can stream it. And how cool is that? Like to have someone from, and again, what, what's your craziest, did you know who's watching or? The craziest one that I have right now is I have a client in Jordan. Okay. Yeah, she's Which there. is, that's amazing. And she'll send me DMs of her like in the, oh, um, I love that. in like her office because she's yeah. working like crazy hours and she'll be like, I just got my soda arms in. And I think that the other part too is if, if you love a trainer or if you love a platform, I, I can't encourage you enough that sharing sharing your wins is our win. Yes. Like, yes. Do, like you want to talk about showing off? Show off to me. Right. You can show off to me all day long. Yeah. I, live, I thrive off of you showing off in your strength in this. And yeah, I, I thrive with you showing up. But like, use me as that place if you want to flex. Heck yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna support you a million times over in it. That's really cool. What is your biggest following? Is it here in Miami or would you say? Biggest is New York City. New York. So New York. Because that's where you started, right? So my majority of my community, when it comes to like my Goldman Sachs days, my friends, like my initial circle is New York. Okay. Despite launching it in Los Angeles, because I did launch it as a digital service at the time, I wasn't really locked into just Los Angeles. I was able to, again, as you mentioned, everyone can do it everywhere. Yeah. New York also from a philosophical alignment, it's definitely the city where it's really fast. It's really efficient. People are used to operating in small spaces. So like doing a workout class like Soto in your home, like you're not even like thinking twice about it, like you're just going to do it. 
where I've been seeing a lot of traction recently is in Miami with in-person. And so okay. I feel blessed I have I have leading. And where are you doing in person here in Miami? In person, I've been fortunate enough before I launch my studio, which will hopefully happen in the next 12 months. Okay. Um, and by studio for me, it's going to be able to find a place where I, because I'm not ready for, for a legacy situation because it's only yeah. one of me. I need to find a space where I can rent it, host classes, have people come. Because again, as you mentioned, it's a long journey. Like right. I'm in that next step where I now can afford a lease like that to fund classes. Right. Once I have more coaches, then comes the real box location for it. And right now, because there are believers and champions, I'm able to teach these private Soto classes at my clients' homes. Okay. So what's great about Soto, and it proves it right here in the model, is like you really just need yourself. Lights out of weights, yourself. And so I can teach groups of 10 women at a time, 9 a.m.s on Mondays, 10 a.m.s on Tuesdays. And I have a full class schedule, it's just that my studio is my clients' homes and they bring their girlfriends and then we do it together. But where I'm fortunate enough to do larger group fitness classes right now is Moda Yoga in Sunset Harbor. They let me use their space to teach Soto classes two days a week. So that gives me to me, like, especially if you're a new young brand, if you can plug into an existing community that has a great following and if the owner of that business believes in you, great rapport to have because yep. I've been able to tap into a whole group of people here in Miami that I otherwise wouldn't have had exposure to and from there, I get app downloads. I get new personal business. Exactly. So it's a very fortuitous um, cycle that I get to play with there. But again, dream, dream world for me is eventually a space for Soto to live and thrive on its own. But that takes that takes having multiple trainers right. to make that space useful. And I'm slowly working towards that. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. For me, like when someone like when I have that like go to punch moment where I need yeah. to like kind of solidify like what I'm all about, it's no days off is a, you know, never taking a day off on you. It's a commitment to coming to becoming your best self. Like that's like my yeah. go-to thing because it's my phrase that I created and it's what I believe in. So, you know, for you, like, what is that, you know, when you, when you, when you come across these clients that they're down and out, yeah. that you've got to speak life into them. You got to make them feel appreciated and feel valued and all that. Like what, what do you, what do you feel like is your go-to thing that you, you tell people, you know, like in those moments, because I always pull from that space of what no days off is to me. And yeah. then I try to show them that and then teach them that it's, you know, one day at a time, one rep at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time. It's just showing up. Like you've said multiple times today is just showing up, showing out. Yeah. Um, but the commitment to that committing to yourself, being consistent to, to you, to yeah. you, because if you're not committed to you, then you're not committed to those around you. But you know, yeah. it starts with you first. And, totally. Yeah. And so what I think you said is really interesting is, we've talked about this, where you come into your workout, it's like your vacation. But the way that I always think about working out is that working out can be the very thing that amplifies the greatest moments in your day. And with Soto, what I always try and instill in my clients is this commitment to holding on for an extra second each time. And if you really do come back to it, if you maintain consistency and commitment, you're going to set yourself up to having such a solid infrastructure, such a solid foundation to build off of. Because if you feel physically strong, when you're going to attack things in life that require you to be mentally strong and pull on that sense of mental fortitude, you know that you can do anything for a second longer. So when those moments arrive, Soto has created this rock solid place for you to pull from yeah. in, those, in those times where shit can feel super hard but you know your own abilities and you've experienced it and you've felt it, so it doesn't feel so daunting.